uh, one of the things the Lord gave me for this year, this coming year, um, which was in September, uh, it's, in, I come, it's out of Psalm 65, and I just want to read the, the verse 11. This is for all of us. It says, you crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drip abundance. So there's a lot in that, but I won't go into teaching that, but uh, I assure you this year there's going to be an abundance, but it's when you're actually walking his path. The main thing is get in the Spirit, get close to the Holy Spirit this year, because if you'll get close to the Holy Spirit, be led by the Holy Spirit, hear his voice and obey it, your path will drip with abundance this year. And the favor of the Lord will rest upon your shoulders. And there will be this type of protection that will come upon us in the midst of trials or confrontations and things. And we will be those that will be like Daniels that will stand in the courts of trouble and be able to actually help instead of hurt. All right? We're going to be called to be builders instead of destroyers this year. We're going to use the prophetic gift to build instead of point out. We're going to use the prophetic gift to not, not point out sin this year. We're going to use the prophetic gift to point people to Jesus. So th- and that's going to be a good thing. I'd like for the prophetic to actually change in that dimension to where the prophetic gift truly is to reveal Jesus. And we're going to see a lot of that this year in those that are actually walking with the Holy Spirit. Because there's not a lot that walk with the Holy Spirit. We say that we do, but a lot of people don't. But if you, if you will just say, Holy Spirit... I want to be with you this year. I want to walk with you this year. He will rush in and whack your head. Uh, and, and it will be awesome, I assure you. There's nothing bad about the Holy Spirit. He is completely awesome. He's a person, and he wants to lead us on those paths that Jesus walked. All right? Is that okay? Yes. All right. The, the, the thing I wanted to talk, to, uh, talk about real quickly is doors, because there's going to be major doors this year. They're going to be open for all of us individually, but it's not all going to be the same. They're going to be different doors, different opportunities where God's going to knock on our door. But when he knocks this year on your door, it's not going to be like something wow and huge. It's just going to be like a, and that's it. It's going to be something very simple that will come upon your life because knocking on somebody's door is very simple, isn't it? And when someone knocks on your door or the doorbell rings, you don't say, that's not the door. <laughs> do you? I mean, when the doorbell rings or somebody knocks at your door, do you go, that's not the door? <laughs> Nobody's at the door. It's simple. You recognize it that it's a knock and you've got to go what? Because that person can't come in unless you go to the knock and open the door, right? Right? I know that sounds stupid, simple, but that's true. And that's the way the Lord's going to knock. It's going to be very simple, and you've got to be very simple toward it back. Just, go, just answer the call, answer the knock, open it up, and walk through. All right? And, I, and one of the things that me and Susan, the, how this whole message came about, we were on vacation uh, at the Caymans, uh, I don't know, three weeks ago, and... Uh, and that's, uh, we were staying at this hotel, and we, we drove down or rode down a taxi to all the shops, and that's where all the boats come in, all the cruise ships come in, you know, and everybody's getting off and everything. And, man, the place was packed, and, and uh, we're walking around, and there's these people 
on the side of every corner. No joke. I mean, and they had this sign up, $5, you know, for taxi. I don't know if you've ever been on a cruise, but, and you go into these towns, but they'll have this sign and they'll be on every corner and they'll be back. They'll say back to the ship. And they say $5, back to the ship, $5. But they wouldn't just be doing it back to the ship, $5 like that. They'd be going, back to the ship. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're close to them, they're still going to yell it. Back to the ship, you know. And I'm like, my gosh, that's a little bit offensive if you're trying to shop, you know, and, and trying to have your little thing. And you could hear them even in blocks down the road in, into the town. You could hear them back there because they needed everybody on every street corner to actually herald a message back to the ship. So you couldn't just hear it in front of you, but you could hear it in the town because they knew how to strategically put the people in order to get everybody to hear the sound, hear the invitation, and get on the ship. And so I had this thing, we're sitting, I'm sitting out there. She went in one time and then I sat on a little bench and she came out. You know, we were just going to sit there and enjoy the scenery, you know. And, uh, and I, I, when I was listening to these people back to the ship, I was just sitting there going, back to the ship, back to the ship, back to the ship. Because that's all you'd hear, back to the ship. And she comes, she sat down next to me and I looked at her and I went, back to the ship, back to the ship, ship back and back to the ship. And I just kept saying that. And then I realized... It's a message. God is going, is, has been for years strategically sending out his messengers into cities, alleyways, and saying, you better get on the ship. And it's been happening for years, but there's a scripture in, in Matthew 20, 22 where he sends out the messengers for the wedding, and the wedding was right, and the dinner was set, but they made light of it. You know Why? Because they'd been hearing it for years. They'd been hearing it for a long time. They knew that, hey, there's going to be a you know, wedding one day. Yes, I know. I've heard that message. Been there, done that. Let's go. You know, no big deal. Hey, let's go to church. I've heard that message before. Uh, I've got plenty of time. But when they made light of it because they thought it's just the message. So they didn't take the invitation and they missed the ship. And one of the things the Lord told me, he said, this is the message. If you don't get on this ship, you're not going to get on one at all. And it struck my heart because we live in an entitlement world right now. Like God's good, and even if I miss the ship, he's got grace for me, he'll send a boat, tugboat or something, and he'll get me on. No, I mean, if the ship's got rules, I mean, the natural ship, if you don't get on that ship at that cruise ship, they will leave you. They will. Many people have, have missed the ship and they leave and then you have to get a flight home and then go you know, to the ship, get all your belongings and then you know, it's just a terrible mess if you miss the ship. And God's saying it's time to get on the ship. And this year I'm going to actually knock on your door and you've got to take the invitation. But don't take light of it because it's going to feel like just the same old thing. Let me throw, throw okay, doors. I, want, I just want to show you a list of doors, kind of give you a little bit of history so that we can kind of get the message. Is that all right? Amen. Can we just kind of methodically go through this thing real fast? And then we'll go home and eat or buffet our body at the buffet. All right, let's, 
The first, the first mention of a door is, is, is kind of weird, but it's, it's in Genesis. And in Genesis, this is when Cain, you know, uh, God basically rejects Cain's um, offering to him because he tilled the ground and he did it all on his own and, and he wanted God to bless what he did. And then Abel hears God. He, he waits to hear what God wants. And then God tells him that I'd like to have a lamb. And so he listens to God and he puts a lamb on the altar. Cain didn't and he just, he did everything by his own gifting and everything. And he thought God would be pleased at it because he's doing it all with the gift that God gave him. But he didn't listen to God. And so, and he comes with all this stuff on there and he gets all upset because Abel's got this great thing. God has blessed him. He's favored him because he's listening to the Lord and Cain's upset. And, and this is what happens. It says, so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not accept it? Will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at your what? At your what? So your door, the door is your life. Because he knew God was watching him. Oh my gosh, if he answers this knock, he's in trouble. And he says, and its desire is what? It's for you, but you should what? You should rule over it. In other words, when you get this kind of knock, you've got to rule over it and not open the door. But here's the strange part about God is God is actually knocking too. So you got two knocks. God's saying, hey, you don't have to walk this way anymore. If you keep walking this way and answering this door, you're going to kill the Abels in your life. You're going to kill the thing that actually wants to hear God and walk with me. Because Abel was the type of a person of the spirit. Cain was the type of person of the flesh. And you've got two men that are living inside of it. You've got a Cain side. You've got an Abel side. The Abel side is wanting to do what God wants. Cain side is wanting to do what he wants, but God still, he wants God still to bless it. And so when, you, when, when Abel rises up in you, man, that Cain thing, more the flesh and all these desires come, and man, you, it knocks at your door, and man, you really want to take it. Kind of like, you know, you leave church, you have a spiritual moment, hallelujah, and then uh, you walk out and then you get, and somebody cuts out in front of you on the highway. <laughs> and you want to bless God them. That's a Cain rising up over the Abel wanting to destroy that moment that you have with God. So it knocked on Abel's door, right? The next one. I'm just picking some out here. God, what the? God or opportunity will, will knock this year at your weariest times. Oh, you better write that one down. It's going to knock at your weariest times. How many of you guys have ever been in a bad mood? Five of them. Okay. Got 12 now. All right. The rest of y'all are going to have to lay hands on us, including me. But this is a story, I don't want to go through it, but you can write down the scriptures. Abraham's basically sitting at his tent door, say door, door. but he's, you forget that he's in the wilderness and it's hot, man. I mean, it's, he is hot and he's sweating. If you sat out in the desert, man, I mean, it's wearisome. 
And so he's sitting there because here's a man that is a tent dweller. He's out wandering, trying to find the foundations of God. You know, that's his whole mindset, wanting to walk with God. But he's at a place where it's really hot and he's sitting there. And then all of a sudden, these three men show up. And it's God. You've got two men, he's in the middle. He always comes with an entourage because he's not, it's true. He always brings people with him. He always brings someone with him because it's like the two cherubims. Those were the two cherubims. They came with him. They come walking up and Abraham in his weary moment, he sees and recognizes that it's the Lord. And so he gets up, say he gets up and he goes and finds his best and serves him. And while he's serving him, he ends up getting a promise, which actually Sarah gets pregnant. And we know the whole thing. She laughs at God. And he goes, you laughed? And he goes, no, I didn't. And then, you know, yes, you did. And then, you know, she ends up having a baby. We know that whole thing. But most of us at this time, because Abraham is a watcher. He's a guy that's always watching for God, whether he's weary or not. That's how you could catch him. But I don't know how many times I've been in a wilderness experience and, but, and not watch God. I've looked at my wilderness. And so if you're, in, if you're engrossed in your wilderness, which is yourself, you know, you can't believe this ain't working out, you know. They told me I got this many, you know. You ever done that and you just start sweating flesh, <laughs> you know. And then some, while you're sweating your flesh, then somebody comes along and goes, in the Lord good, praise the Lord, and you want to jack slap them. <laughs> right? But that's a visitation from the Lord as it was with Abraham. Someone will come along and they will knock on your door and you'll feel it. And if you're inside, you're wearisome, you will actually miss the knock. So when you're weary and God knocks, you got to get up and serve the best to him. I've been there, and there's no telling how many times I've missed it. And I promise you, I have missed it. By the way, uh, Father's blessings on y'all's life. And I, I release that Father's blessing on you guys for this next dimension. In Jesus' name. All right, go to the next one on down. Um, the first Kings, first Kings 19. Yeah. Now I want to hit this one because this is a really good one and we'll try to end at this one. First Kings 19. God knocks at the pinnacle of success and breakthrough. Say so God knocks at the pinnacle of success and breakthrough. And here's what happens, and this is Elisha. Elisha is plowing. He's plowing with 12 yokes of oxen. That's huge, guys. 12 yokes of oxen, that's 24 ox. That's a strong man. That's a very gifted man. And the thing about, that I love about ox is plowing with oxen, and they, this is historically true. If you plowed with a, if plow with a horse, your plow would jump. The horse is, is quick, and he'll try to, when he feels a, like a rock or a stone, he'll try to do real fast. His legs will go real fast, and it'll cause that thing not to dig in the ground and actually hump over uh, the rock, and you'll miss what needs to be dug up. But an ox, when it hits something, they're methodical. They'll feel it, and then they'll just dig in real slow. 
And when they dig in real slow, the blade will go down and it will bring breakthrough and it'll bring all those stumbling blocks up. But most of us like to go fast. Oh, we don't need to dig that up. Just let's just keep going. <laughs> under the blood, under the blood. <laughs> Come on, right? So click over there to that picture real quick. You, you, got, you got the scriptures, right? Okay, this is basically kind of what it looked like, but imagine 12 of those yokes out there in front of him. So here's a guy that's got, got great success. Say great success. great success. I mean, this guy is like an entrepreneur. He's got, he's got strength because ain't nobody's going to be able to hold 12 oxen. My goodness, much keep them in a line. He's got leadership. He's got money. He's got it all. And then here comes this prophet that doesn't have much except God, and he brushes by him with his mantle, just kind of brushes over him as he walks by. And he's in, and Elisha's in the midst of his success, man. You know, I got something going on. You need to come to my place. And Elisha, because he is Godward, he drops it and says, I got to follow that. A matter of fact, he burns up the yoke and oxen so that he can't go back. He didn't just burn it to sacrifice to the Lord, praise the Lord. He was doing it for himself because he knew if he got down this road, he'd want to turn back and go get his business, I mean, his ministry, I mean, his, you know. Because most of us have a little, you know, kitty, you know. I'll follow the Lord, but I'm going to put a little bit in savings. <laughs> Right? <laughs> put something in the, you know, the chicken basket and put it in the pantry and just, just in case. But, but the, what Elisha does, he knows you have to leave it all, even your success, to get what God wants you to have. And most people, I'd say about 10%, go for it. The other stay in the fields and have ever all, you know, the fields and the plows and all that wonderful stuff. It'd be like, it'd be like Joe Osteen hearing the Lord and moving and leaving everything he has to come and sit with us and hang out with us. Right now, if he just, he got up this morning and said, hey, we're, we're putting, shutting it all down. I got to go down there to uh, Corpus and just uh, the Lord's calling me there just to be friends. I, I, I've got to learn from them. There's something there. I, I've got to sit and learn. Let's just shut it all down. Matter of fact, let's just burn it all up. We don't, I, don't want, I want to put all my books in the, on the altar and everything. I just want to, I just want to go because I, I know that's where God's leading me. And, I, and if I go back, I, I, can't, I can't go back because I know a, a, that's a temptation. My success is my temptation. I can't have that. I've got to have God. Can you imagine if that actually happened today? Because we have never seen that happen. Or T.D. Jakes, just shutting it all down to come to our little old church in Myrtle Beach. Or, or any church shutting it down just to come and, and be in relationship. Oh, you talk about shake up some stuff, not only on the earth, but in heaven. Can you imagine if we started seeing that kind of sacrifice, we would see selfishness actually destroyed. But that's what's actually going on here. But he, he actually felt just a brush 
Elisha just felt a brush. That's it. And can you imagine if you were standing there watching this, you would have think, uh, Elisha, uh, wait a minute. Before you burn up your success, uh, it, it, was just a, it was just a coat. It was just a little move of God. That's all it was. It was just a move of God. Just enjoy the little move of God and then just keep doing what you want to do. And I've done that. I've enjoyed the moves of God that brush over me because I just thought, well, it's just a move, and man, we've got to enjoy it. No, it was actually a call to quit what I'm doing and follow that brush. But because it was just a brush of his mantle, I thought, well, i got to have something bigger. Oh, mm. quiet. Because in the westernized world, it's got to be this big crescendo thing. It's got to be on Twitter, Facebook, and all that other stuff. Interscore, you know, it's got to be bright and big. It's got to be an event, doesn't it? Come on. Man, when God calls me, it's going to be an event. No, the way you see it, it's in, the, in the Bible, it's totally weird. It's simple and it's strange. And most of the time, most men that are not watchers or women that are not watchers, you'll just brush it and enjoy the actual brush. And then you'll just go on about your business. But Elisha felt it and he knew I've got to lay it all down and follow the Lord. And he followed a man because he recognized the Lord on the man. You imagine his family just standing there going, what is my son doing? We know about Elijah. He's a troublemaker. And you're going to go follow somebody that creates trouble? You're burning all your success up and giving your savings away to go follow a man? That's ridiculous. What a testimony. One of the very persons that did this to show us that it can be done was Jesus. Jesus was like Elijah or Elisha. He's plowing with 12 yokes of oxen disciples. He's roaming the earth with them and he's plowing with them. And man, he is turning the world upside down. He's plowing some ground He's got a dragnet that he's carrying on his back. And as he's dragging it, he's just sweeping in all these fish as he did with Peter. He's got the government of God on him. He's got this huge calling on his life. And then the papa whispers to him and he says, I'm going to the cross, you going? And he, he, he sees it. And the weird thing about Jesus, or wonderful thing about Jesus, is that he drops everything. Drops the dragnet, tells his oxen, hey, i got to go to Jerusalem to be crucified. This is my next brush. I mean, how'd you like to have the whole world at your hands and then you have to let it go. But it goes to show you that his mentality was in watching where his father's going because he's addicted to his father more than the success of his father through him. And it says in uh, Matthew 16, verse 21, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes 
and be killed and be raised the third day. And then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, uh, Far be it from you, Lord, uh, this shall not even happen. That's the, that's the Cain voice. Because it's, it, Jesus is still human. He's having to overcome his own stuff. He wasn't a robot like, man, this is great. I'm going because I'm going to be raised. No, he's doing everything by faith, just as you walk by faith. He felt the same stuff as you feel when you have to step out and do what God tells you to do or lose what God tells you to lose. He's feeling all that, but he's overcoming it by saying it, by showing his disciples and he says, we're going. And then instead of you know, taking the bait that's telling him, don't, don't do this. You've got a great ministry. You've got power. You know, you've got all this stuff. Then Peter comes along instead of him, as, as Jesus is overcoming it for our sake, Peter comes along as the enemy and he says, uh, far be from you. You don't need to do this. Now you can tell what, now you can know what Jesus was feeling. That's why he called him Satan. Because Satan always wants to preserve himself. <laughs> In other words, your flesh always wants to preserve something. But God wants it all. Because if you want to be, if you want God, all of God in your life, that means you want all of you out. And so he tells him, get behind me, Satan, which now I totally understand. He says, but he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. And he was actually trying to, he's trying, he's not just trying to help Peter. He's trying to help his own temple. He knows what he's going through inside. He's got great affirmations from Father, and I, he's got a history of ministry. He's got a history of success, and he's fighting it. And now Peter, him, he uses Peter to try to get him to actually take the bait. And so he has to defend his own temple and says, get behind me. I know this is hard, and I know I want to take the bait, but I would rather take the bait of my God than take the bait of success. And of course, Peter, you know, what? Yeah, I'm Satan, I'm Satan. You know, I can't imagine all what the dynamics that went on there. So Jesus walks into, as soon as he said yes, and he starts into that dimension, as soon as you step in and take yes, and you leave all of your success behind, say all. As soon as you leave all of your success behind, then Papa starts working to create a resurrection life. Because through death, there's always a resurrection. What has happened right here with Jesus, he's already died. He's already died. And then you can see later on, while he's on the cross, he says, into thy spirit, what? Into my hands, I commit what? My spirit. I mean, this is a successful guy. And then you see that whole scenario start happening again right after his resurrection. His disciples, they get baptized in the Spirit, and they do the whole Pentecost thing. But then after the Pentecost thing, they go through the same type of walk as Christ. And you can see at the end of their life, they do the same thing as Jesus did. My goodness, even Peter, the one that his own shadow would heal people, they'd throw people in his shadow. Even at the part where it, when, when the little young lad was leading him to his cross, oh my God, he said, I don't want to be hung like Jesus. Hang me upside down. 
He's not even thinking about all of the stuff he's lost. He's thinking, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to do it like the Lord. Man, he, he, he's the one. I, I just hang me upside down because I'm not worthy to be hung up like Jesus. Where is that mentality? And see, the thing about this knock that's coming, we're going into a knock, but he, we don't know what we're going into. We just know God has called us and we don't know where we're going. Well, where's the nowhere? <laughs> I don't know. That's the good thing. We're finally not going to have control. How'd you like to, I mean, look at Peter. Peter's a great, successful businessman. He gets all those fish in his net. He has a Holy Ghost moment, guys. Right? In other words, it's, it's like a business today. He just, it's your business making just pennies, you know, and you're just trying to pay the bills. You're trying to pay workman, workman's comp, and you're just trying to get by. And then God shows up, and there's huge breakthrough, hallelujah. And then all of a sudden, you make millions that year, and then God says, okay, let's go. But there was break, breakthrough. Million? Yeah, I know. That was to get your attention to follow me. You'll be surprised when you get blessed, it's not really sometimes that good. It's really him trying to get you to turn to following. Because the goodness of God causes men to what? Repent. And Peter falls on his face and says, I'm a sinful man. Everybody knows this. It's Luke 8. And then, and then all of a sudden, he gets to the... And I would have thought, man, I would have gotten out those fish and I'd start selling. I'd make millions right now in a day. Hallelujah. I mean, and I'd just tithe maybe 10%. And then we, but Peter pulls all the boats up and he leaves everything and follows a man. I would have said, wait a minute, you're an apostle of God. Hallelujah. Look at all the breakthrough you're creating. with your. It's your gift and it's your anointing. Praise God. Jesus is on your life and you need to stay here and create something and get the momentum going. And he says, no, I'm a, I just want to follow Jesus. I don't want something big. I just want a man. I just want Jesus. And see, the brush this year, and I'm, I did good. The brush this year is going to be that simple. And we are going to see men that are greatly anointed. We're going to see men that are, have great success. We're going to see churches that have outpourings and breakthrough, but they're going to leave it all so they could just have Jesus. They're not going to try to keep it going. They're just going to go, hey guys, this is about Jesus. This, it's just about the Lord. Let's just sit here and just, let's be with Jesus. Matter of fact, let's, church, let's just shut the church down and just, let's just walk with Jesus. Talk about radical. But where are we going? You're going with Jesus. That's been the whole call the whole time. To walk with Jesus. Wherever he goes. Whether he goes in the valleys or whether he goes on the mountaintops or whether he goes to the ends of the earth or whether he goes to the depths of Sheol, I want to be with him. We're about to see something we've never seen before. But looking at Jesus, if you're just wanting to find Jesus and your mind starts manifesting, well, where are we going? What's this going to happen? What's that going to happen? That only means that you're looking at the Lord. Because when you look at the Lord, your carnal mind will manifest.